0: Betches Media presents.
1: I really want to lose three pounds. Yeah, no, don't put me down for cardio.
0: Diet starts tomorrow.
1: Exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. I want to quit the gym. Happy people just don't shoot their husbands. With hosts Aileen Cooperman, Joey does a shampoo and Sammy Fishbein. Whatever, I'm getting cheese
2: fries. Hello, welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm Eileen. I'm Sammy. And today it's just me and Sammy. Um, It's going to be fun. We're, we basically thought like we, the last few episodes, we kind of touched on like big topics and at the end of every episode, Sammy, I feel like both
3: (laughs) big, Big big topic, Big vagina. Um, no big t- top, like big, big, oh, uh, big pasta, topic, big capital topic.
2: B, big topic. I thought you meant like from Curb, big vagina.
3: No, I also know that, the, well, you're seeing my hand gestures, which, yes, this also means like big top, big pasta, big, big topic. topic. Right, capital B. Right. I know like, people can't see, but forgive you for misunderstanding because with my hands, I'm making the big vagina hand gesture <laughs> from Curb. So I understand the confusion.
2: Well, yeah. So we had some big topics <laughs> the last few episodes. And like at the end of every episode, I Feel like we're like oh we only skim the surface, um. So we checked in with you guys on Instagram and if to see if you guys wanted us to delve further into some things, and then also we just kind of wanted to check in with each other because we've gotten to such big big topics, and just to see what's up. So
3: well, let's start with with how we're how we're feeling. How and are you feeling? How are you feeling? <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So you want how am I feeling? Okay. You were telling me yesterday you had some like. Revelations. Revelations, Zisga. So I'm we can constantly talk about those. just having
2: revelations day and night. I had a massive, like after Lisa's episode, I felt so inspired. Like I just had so many just like ideas that I jotted down about like body image and just accepting yourself and just like noticing changes in your habits that show tiny changes in the way that you accept yourself i don't know i just one thing that i noticed about myself this isn't even one of the revelations but one thing i did notice was that like after that episode um or later that day i showered (laughs) and then after i showered i put on like lotion and this is a new habit of mine that i started um after my honeymoon november i was like i need to start lotioning my body because before then the reason why i didn't do it is just because i was like i don't i don't want to you know what I mean? I didn't feel comfortable to do it. I didn't want to touch ever. I don't want to, you know, touch all my parts. You know, not like really? parts, but like my. You know, I just didn't want you. the same way. Like you're trying shit on in a dressing room, you won't like necessarily look in the mirror right away until it's on. You know,
3: I well, mean, whatever. I I actually don't know, but I'm sure well, there. I'm sure, I'm sure a many lot of people, people do. can
2: relate. Yeah. So I've noticed, like, I I thought back to like pro, like of my mindset before I started. Moisturizing, and to to when I I'd like, and when I jumped out of the shower that day, and I was just like, "Wow, I'm really enjoying this, and it's so nice, and it's just like such a real form of self care because like I'm really treating." treating my body with care and I'm also feeling good about myself like I'm appreciating my now I'm appreciating the parts of my body so it was just like such an interesting mind shift that I really wouldn't have noticed had maybe we not had all of these conversations or even just that last conversation about being mindful of like just being observant um to the things that are going on you know um so that was just a nice little thing but that wasn't even my revelation statement What was the rev? (laughs) My other revelation was that so so I haven't been able to sleep like I haven't been able to sleep lately. I don't sleep fall fall asleep that well. But so I'm on Instagram. That's probably why. And I was on you know Carolyn Brownie who came on our podcast a long time ago. She's great. Um, she posted something about like so wheat and like there was a one bullet point that said like something about FODMAP and I was like, what the fuck is this FODMAP? Like I've heard about it I've never googled it like I've heard like low FODMAP diet whatever yeah and I, I was like okay I can't sleep might as well google it so I googled it and basically it's just like FODMAP is just like an acronym that stands for like certain types of carbohydrates that exist not just like pasta exist in like all fru- foods, fr- uh, fruits vegetables everything and you know me I've had stomach sh- problems since I was a kid and i'd never understood i went to gastros and they always just like told me to just one was literally like oh if you think you're lactose intolerant you probably are just stay away from the milk i'm like that doesn't help me you know well that's how um, you get
3: all these people in restaurants i have an allergy exactly <laughs>
2: so and Do you like think I have you all have these... an allergy
3: you so have one i, <laughs> I, that's I have all these... md said that
2: i know right you i have think all you these have cancer? like you're
3: probably right
2: random things were like broccoli doesn't hurt my stomach but like cauliflower does or like broccolini hurts my stomach but broccoli does and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with me and sometimes i just like rebel against it because you can't figure it out enter fodmap i go into look fucking list of so when you google it it shows you a list of foods that are high in these types of carbs fodmap every almost every single food that's on this list hurts my stomach and i'm and i was just like what in the fuck i was like how, so is this really? I mean, I, I I told Cara, I responded, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, I feel somewhat like I'm going in the right direction of answers. And she was like, don't go de- too deep down the rabbit hole because it's just like helpful to know. I'm like, yeah, totally. I didn't I didn't go that far, but like I download. It was just so interesting because it said literally like broccoli's have lo- broccoli heads are low in FODMAP, but like cauliflower and and uh, broccolini is high, and like gr- garlic is high, and like cer- certain like nuts that actually hurt my stomach are high. And I'm like, oh, MG. Like, this is might be it. And it made me kind of feel so much better because it's sort of like your cat, like, it made me feel like, oh, other people have these issues. It's not just me. And now I kind of feel, I feel like a little bit more sane. I feel a little bit more quote unquote normal, you know? It was do just you wild.
3: Think, do you think this is a result of the intuitive eating because you were able to like actually tune in and listen to like what your body was Obviously your body wasn't like no more FODMAP. Like but <laughs> but you know like but you were able to like think about the foods you were eating in a way that wasn't from a frame of will this make me lose weight or gain weight and yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, bef- I've always sort of known what hurts and doesn't. And I just force it down because it's like, cause it's quote unquote healthy.
3: And cause there's so, there's only so many things you can like that are available for eating when you're trying to quote unquote uh-huh. lose weight.
2: And in some ways I was like rebelling against the fact that my body was rejecting these things. And, um, and because maybe I'm, exploring like intuitive eating that like I'm more open to learning about that foods are kind of neutral some might hurt some might just me specifically everybody has their own kind of experience with eating and yeah maybe it's possible but I just thought it was so interesting I like holy shit like is this the answer like maybe I should just learn about it it makes me feel again like just generally generally like more neutral about I don't know, just like about that. Okay, so th- I have this problem. Okay, now I know how, like what foods to avoid. There's an answer there. You know, it always feels good when there's like sort of some answer that's categorized and you're not alone. Um, but isn't that wild?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting because like if you hadn't, you and we and everyone maybe hadn't had all their like priorities clouded when it comes to food, that like the only thing that matters is like not how it, Makes you feel whether it really kills your stomach or not, or if mm-hmm. it's just not good for your body in particular. It's crazy that like at one point, and I'm, I'll tell you why I'm saying this. At one point, like this was considered an ideal to, for, like, to basically like restrict to certain foods that to us felt safe because they were low enough calorie, low enough carb, you know. So, you know, they maybe weren't processed or something. Or honestly, I don't even think we care about processed things when it comes to weight loss. Like, do we, you know? Do, do we? No. No, like, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, I mean, I think it's like a really important shift because you can actually, it's like another way that you can care for your body that is a result of this.
2: Right. And I always just was so confused. Like, I was just like, is it lactose? Is it is it gluten? Is it... Like, what the fuck can I, can I eat? Like, sometimes wine hurts my stomach. That was like the biggest question mark. And then on this, like certain wines are irritable. And I was like, or irritations. What's the fucking word? Irritance. Irritance. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So I'm just, I feel a little bit just like, just slightly, you know, like I took another step, you know? Yeah, that's a big step.
1: This episode is brought to you by Newly. That's N U U L Y dot com, newly with two U's with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes.
2: Anyway, how are you
3: feeling? You know, I am, ooh, how many days? 14 plus <laughs> four. There are 18. Yeah, 18 days until I never fucking count one calorie, one carb, pay attention to any sort, to what basically I'm saying, which is like this ideal of what I should be consuming. Okay. This like wedding bullshit diet that I'm on, like <laughs> the the experience of actively restricting in a way that I have not in a very long time, because like, you know, I never was like that serious about like restricting yeah. It was just. Yeah. Try- I was just trying to cheat the calorie calculator, which is surprise why I never really lost that much weight since yeah. since the last well, I time know. I seriously restricted, right. Like to be honest. And I can't believe that like, A, I ever thought this was maintainable for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that this, I believe this was some sort of an ideal that like my, an ideal day of eating was like turkey slices and like grilled chicken and salad and like maybe a little bit of dark chocolate like as a treat like i can't believe i ever thought that this was going to be something that like i'm going to start tomorrow and maintain <laughs> like you know what i mean like right. i can't believe the number of times like i i said diet starts tomorrow and what i meant was the behaviors i'm carrying out right now which i'm doing it such for such like a short limited period of time that it almost feels just like okay like it doesn't feel like real because it's not like
2: well the funny thing is about what you're saying about turkey slices chicken um what was the other one salad the thing is is that it's not that like eating that is sustainable like it's just about what's driving you so like if you're eating it because you are telling yourself you can't eat anything else and this is the things you're forcing yourself to eat because you have no other option in your head, then, yeah, that's not sustainable. But, like, if, again, back to this intuitive concept, like, if that's what your body is telling you you want that day or you feel neutral about food You're in in some days and some days not and you're just saying, yeah, I'll have some turkey, whatever, it's just, like, funny because you're still, like, from an absolute standpoint, you're still consuming the turkey, but right. the 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 hate like you're like hate eating versus yes, I'm just like eating neutrally. I'm literally just trying
3: to just right. put food in my body so I don't feel hungry. That but there's not one thing I'm eating that I'm finding satisfying or enjoyable. Like I hate salmon. Like I fucking hate salmon. I do. I hate it. Not raw. Although though. sometimes if it's cooked well, like occasionally. Or if it's like the right type of salmon, I fucking hate this wild caught pink bullshit that tastes <laughs> like shit. But don't you like sashimi? That's not the same.
2: Yes, okay, I love salmon. sashimi.
3: Yeah, yeah, I love sashimi. Um, but honestly, like the things I've been eating have been those, you know, the diet shit. You did it. You know what I'm eating. You know yeah, what yeah, mean? I know like, what you're eating. Yeah, it sucks. Like it tastes like boring. I'd almost rather just feel a little hungry than eat these things. (laughs) Right. You know. Which is
2: yeah. So which is
3: like so fucked up. And but like to be honest, the experience of I feel like I'm like on I feel like I'm like doing a challenge. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm like on survivor or something. Like we're just (laughs) doing this for like 39 days or even less. And then like it'll be over. And like but I feel like it is I'm putting a bow on this for my life and like I never ever am gonna go on a diet shit again. Yeah.
2: Okay. That's great. Yeah. It just you. sucks to like that you feel like you're you have you have to do it. Yes, you know what I, I mean?
3: Yes. That is something. That is something that requires its own examination, um, because I think it's harder in some ways to get like to let go of fat phobia, even internalized. Obviously, Cuz It is internalized. In some ways, it's
2: a hundred percent hard. Yeah, hard. yeah.
3: This is internalized fat phobia that I. What happened was I went to my fitting, I saw a picture of myself in the dress and I was like, I need, I I feel an internal need. I'm not saying I need from like a objective standpoint. I felt that I wanted to be smaller in it and mm-hmm. that's just how I felt. And yeah.
2: But that's also okay.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. obviously I'm at a certain point on my journey because I'm literally like, like You're fed with, up the The veil has been pulled off the diet. It's no just pun so intended. Dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's just so dumb, you know? Well, actually, I understand why I yeah. understand why women believe that this is what they have to do. I well, do get it.
2: It's kind of funny, like this experience also, this last week. So I feel so this is what I want to ask Elise mm-hmm. in whenever I speak to her in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I think I've answered it is that recently I've been eating less, like just eating less, less carbs, less, just meat, just less. And I am not sure Or in the, my question is, am I dieting in disguise? But really the question is then I would, then I would, can hear her asking, well, like, why are you choosing not to, and I'd be like, I don't, I don't really want it in that moment. And if then the question is like, would when you do want it, would you eat it? And the answer is yes. So then really I am just intuitively eating and I'm, I'm not feeling hungry. I'm not feeling dissatisfied. I'm still like, I have my chocolate chips for dessert, which I fucking love. And I had to replenish like my mother-in-law's stash yesterday. <laughs> um, but it was just, it's interesting that I'm noticing like some days I just don't require that much food. That I am eating. Like I made a fucking delicious salad yesterday and I was just like, I was like, we made fajitas and I didn't want this like healthy fiber wrap that we had. And I just ate the salad because it was so delicious. And like I put on a lot of avocado and like lemon juice and all this shit. And I was like thinking from, I switched my brain I was like from the diet, mind I was like I wonder if I would have eaten like three of those wraps and if I would you know what I mean
0: yes because sometimes
3: you make yourself eat things that you don't like because you think that it's going to somehow like right because you feel like you can't
2: eat it again and then also that was last night and then tonight we're eating we're getting ordering an Italian food and I'm Um, so excited and instead of being like going back to my diet perspective I'm not I would be scared, right? I'd be thinking, oh, fuck. Like, do I have to get like some like chicken with like salad? Chicken piccata. (laughs) But no, I'm like prepared. I'm like, "Mm, what do I want? Which pasta? "Mm." Like, "Mm, like what pasta? Like, do I want eggplant parm? And I know Mm. that like I'll just eat to the point where I'm not where it satisfied me. And I was just like, wow, this is such a fucking shift. And it just feels so good because i'm because elise always says like do you not do you not like you always question your like you don't trust yourself because that's why i'm like am i just dieting in disguise yeah absolutely okay, so, <laughs> so yeah so I was, the answer is yeah no i don't trust myself <laughs> but now i think it's just it's just interesting the the shifts that you can like now observe from like being a little bit more like approaching from a neutral standpoint
3: well what i something i remember from the um book, the intuitive eating book is that it says that like some days you actually feel like some days you do need to eat less and some days you need to eat more. And it's like, it's because it's not about like, I think we're used to from the counting calorie mindset, we're used to looking at every day as like, okay, this day I got to keep it Mm -hmm. each day, reset, got to keep the calories low. But like as a, and, and we, have figured this out, obviously that it really, that your weight is something that happens over a long period of time. Not like each day of looking at calories, which is like why that's probably so unhealthy, partly why that's so unhealthy of a way to look at things. Also because
2: there are so much like, uncertainty with like there's so much uncertainty with the actual amount of calories that you're that a like that the calculating the BMR is not necessarily that accurate for each person and also the amount of like um inaccuracy that is allowed for nutrition labels isn't actually accurate either
3: right right and so you're you're lying you're you're lying to yourself you're you're it's a false semblance of control which is like why I think like dieting can be likened to like an addictive behavior because it happens over a long period of time. It's not about what you eat on any given day because your hunger hunger changes because your hormones change because your, your energy level changes. When I work out, I feel hungrier. Like it just, I just don't get enough
2: sleep. You sometimes feel hungry. Sometimes you want more carbs. Like it's not because you're like an unworthy person because that's just what your body needs in that moment. And okay. So also I was like, Thinking about intermittent fasting too, and how like sometimes how it says like some days the 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 cycling date type of intermittent fasting where it's like some days you have only five hundred calories and some days you have like what whatever like different types of diets, and how like if you think about the way how some days if you then you could all that's an external approach. The internal approach is some days you really do need just like a lot less and you're fine. And then some days you need a lot more or you're just – and then you feel so much better when you actually give yourself those – when you fulfill those needs. It's just – it's wild.
3: Yeah. But you do need to get – you do need to like let – I think there's these things that we need to let go of for this to work.
2: Like, yeah. You just you have to be – first of all, trust that your body knows best um, and not like – you know, diet culture. Yeah. That's like one of the biggest things. <laughs> and it's, that's really the hardest thing in the beginning. I was like, what do you mean? Like, how will I know how many macros I'm eating? And that's like, when you think about that question, it's so silly. I know,
3: you know, it's crazy. Um, like, cavemen didn't need to count not their macros. even
2: cavemen. Like a hundred years ago, there was no calorie counting. That's- um,
3: Yeah, I wonder when calorie counting started after World War II. (laughs)
2: Um, We should find that out. We should talk to a diet historian. Um, (laughs) Oh
3: my God, diet historian. That would be so fascinating.
0: When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem. With more meat, that's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. F-O-O-D-S
1: Warmer weather is finally back. After so many cold months, it's nice to get outside and soak up the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests. Pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring spring flowers and sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I suffer from seasonal allergies. I just had them hit the other day. I couldn't breathe through my nose at all. And I popped a Claritin and it was like night and day. I'm a huge fan of Claritin. I use it on the regular and it always helps when we're making that transition from winter to spring, which is when my allergies flare up. Mainly it's my sinuses that get so clogged and the Claritin just clears it right up. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your, nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy throat and nose, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live your life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin Dot com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed.
2: All right. So let's get into some of your questions. All right. Let's talk about mindfulness um, because we, we touched on that earlier. Um, okay. So one of the questions was, how do you practice mindfulness in your life if so much is making you angry? <laughs> um, And the example someone said was people wearing masks below their nose, (laughs) which is very frustrating. Um, But just generally, like you could be angry about so many different things. Um, Yeah. Sammy, I know you had mentioned that you wanted to touch on this.
3: Yeah. So I had an experience yesterday. um, I had told you um, about it. An argument with my mother. um, If anyone Mm -hmm. has listened to the uh, last episode of Betch's Brides, I talk about I touch on this situation and you know the Is she the, listen. Oh, she listened and then she promised me that she was gonna try to make these two weeks the least painless, the least painful of my life. She's like, I'm gonna make I'm trying to make everything smooth sailing and easy for you. Okay. Oh my Cue God. To, cut to yesterday, she starts whatever, we have an argument. And I was it was like right before the work day. So I needed to like get my shit together. I like had to now buckle buckle up for a full day of Zoom. And, yeah. And I'm like crying hysterically, feeling so vulnerable and wounded by like something she said. I was bawling like a child. Um and I was like, okay, I like want to get it together. And I um I basically was like, okay, I'm gonna do these like mindfulness exercises and I'm gonna like actually try to do it. And so I we just moved as you know and I now look out at the water. And so I've started like oh, nice. using the water as it like flows as a nice focal point because like it's constant, it's always there, it's peace, it's very peaceful, peace inducing and it gives me something to focus on. So like I was trying to like get it together and I'm like trying to like do these exercises and like it was really difficult and I tuned into like and I was able to, I think, tune into why it's so hard. Why? And the reason it's so hard, and I don't know if this is helpful in, in uh, mitigating people's expectations of the process of doing mindfulness, is that like you have – okay, mindfulness is like a second-by-second choice of whether – literally, and that's why I think they tell you to focus on like your breath or something con- like, you know, consistent. A second-by-second choice of whether you will resist – by by keeping your focus on the present, whether you resist your emotions or whether you will go with the wave of it, which is so much easier. It is so much easier to go with the wave of your emotions and like then say something you might regret or freak out or handle it in a way that ultimately might cause other problems. or and I'm not saying you should, like suppress your emotions. Like part of I think the mindfulness is like feeling it. The part I'm a little lost on is how you, like both feel and don't not react flip out. Yeah. That's where <laughs> I get lost. Yeah. <laughs> but I felt that I was able to like tune into it for like a deep, you know, enough that I was able to like, um, tune into how difficult it was, which showed me that I was doing it. Yeah. So like, I think there's this, there's this misconception that mindfulness is like this peaceful, easy monk like state that you're just like, Oh, I just take it and it's good. Mm. Mm. No, it's like really hard and you're choosing whether you're going to like accept the difficulty of this or if you're going to go with the easy but potentially more regrettable route.
2: I definitely think that you were experiencing mindfulness when you were in tune with the fact that it was hard because I feel like not reacting and being logical or taking yourself out of the situation and seeing your emotions kind of there without putting them on you know what I mean? Like as clothes, just seeing them on the shelf. I think that being mindful or just being observant and taking that route and not reacting and not getting on that roller coaster is real heavy lifting. Like you're saying it's hard work.
3: Also, like it's not like you have to have 100% success at it for you to have practiced it. Right. Because ultimately it, it is like a muscle that like the more you use it, the easier it becomes or the or the more like natural it becomes as like your reflex. But like ultimately, if you can do it for 10 seconds, but on that 15th second, you flip out, like those 10 seconds didn't go nowhere. Like mm-hmm. you still by actively even doing it for the 10 seconds, like you expanded your ability to do it in the future.
2: Yeah. And I wouldn't well, it was like being like logical and like pragmatic is important when it comes to not reacting because like those emotions are so dependent on what that person is doing. And if, if you're choosing your, if you're letting yourself like sort of like latch on to them, you can choose not to latch on. You could see that person for whatever they're doing, and they're doing it for their reasons and whatever. And you could like call their bluff in your head and be like, I just, this is, I'm not letting this get to me, you know, because they're just being them. They're being the child, not me. They're trying to hurt me. Why do I need to give in? You know, like that kind of shit, though, is really easy for someone not in it, not emotionally right, because, connected to the situation.
3: Because but, what the person's doing is causing you your own feelings that are like real. And so that's why my question becomes like, how do you balance experiencing your emotions, sadness, anger, although anger is a secondary emotion, which is really just sadness. How do you experience that without being reactive? Like where's the line between reacting and experiencing? My therapist likened it to a wave where it's like you could either let the wave overtake you or you could go like with the wave. But then if you're going with the wave, might that result in a reaction?
2: I think this is what it could be. Like, so say using your example, so you hear her, you hear what she says, whatever she says, she throws at you. In that moment, you could give yourself tools of the not feeling, right? The logic, the just, um, okay, like, can can we take a break? Then- You could feel the anger. You could like fucking punch a pillow. You could scream. You could just like really feel it. But then once you let that out or you feel it, you acknowledge that you're angry. Then you think about why am I angry? And then you think about, okay. And then you can come at it a little bit more logically. Then you can react without emotion too hard. But the hardest obviously part is all of that, especially the (laughs) The beginning of not (laughs) reacting. Yeah. That's why it's easier when your mom emails you (laughs) instead. (laughs) Um, So this way you could type a bunch of things and delete them (laughs) and then just say, you could step back and be like, not going to help.
3: Well, for those of us with an overactive amygdala, um, which is the thing that makes you like super hyper reactive. Uh Uh-huh. It's really fucking
2: hard. Yeah. I'm like I said, I'm a fighter too. Like I just want to fucking yeah. like just I don't want my like equilibrium fucked with by other people's shit. And I don't then know when, how to do that. When they when they do, you just want to punch them out of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Like I don't know even know how to be unaffected by other people's equilibriums. Like I, abs- I feel like I absorb by- all of what is around me. So do I, but I think that
2: that's the practice of not, of like like acknowledging. No, it makes wh- you empathetic. No, no, no. What I'm saying is acknowledge the fact that you are extremely empathetic and that you can take on other people's emotions, but you have to, like you said, it's a muscle that you can like then work and like you can be able to put put tools into place for boundary setting for when you want to let that in or when you say that's not for me. Right. That's the challenge is like putting it's deciding when you press the button for the gate to go up. (laughs) (laughs) The gate to
3: go up. That's funny.
2: Or the drawbridge,
3: (laughs) the vote.
1: Yeah. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer.
2: All right, let's do a non-scale win. Okay, Sandy, read it.
3: Hey everyone. I just wanted to let you guys know how much your podcast has helped me with my body positivity issues, as well as in my long-term weight loss battle. I grew up doing cheerleading and in gymnastics, starting at a very young age where most girls were either petite, thin, or ripped. And then there was me, short and soft. I was constantly feeling pressure to be as small as the other girls, or even just look good in the crop cheerleading uniform that I was required to wear. In middle school, it even got to the point where I skipped eating until dinner time, which is usually around 8 PM when I got back from practice. Since I was about eight years old, I've been struggling to be happy with my body, confident, and eating in front of other Including my family and boyfriend. And I've tried just about every weight loss fad and over the counter pill there is. Since I started listening to the DST podcast, I felt less alone in my battle and have slowly gained a new, more positive relationship with my body. Thank you to everyone at DST. You have truly changed my life and continue to change others' lives every day.
2: Great. That's lovely. All right. So, what is your win? Should I go? go? You go. go. You go. Yeah. Okay. So, I recently. So I've been like kind of struggling with like this idea of like being intuitive and not like being so strict on myself um, and just where where like routine fits in and just like is my routine really just like going to trigger OCD and just start, you know what I mean? But then I saw this post, which I shared on my Instagram account that was like actually like self-discipline could be a form of self-care. And I was just like, I've been thinking about what that means to me. And that it doesn't need to be this like fucking, you know what I mean? It, it it doesn't need to be perfect. It could be self. You can you can still sort of have a routine, or you can still like sort of set yourself to to some accountability. But it doesn't need to be striving for perfection. And so because of that, I've been like exploring different types of workouts. And I I know, Sammy, I've been like harassing you about Melissa Wood Health. I was like, is it worth it? Should I do it? Should I do it? And I like. Tried and I kind of like liked it, and I liked that, like you said, she makes you stretch. Um, But then I I also paired it with like some Peloton strength, and I've just been kind of doing that this week. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, I'm looking at myself, or just like feeling, you know, when you just like feel your your like arms or you feel your abs when you're like laying down. Um, I was just like, it feels so nice to that your body is working there it's there, it's working. It's like, it's, it's, it's feeling the effects of your effort or your, of what you put into it. And it just kind of, that felt so nice. So that's my win.
3: It's a very unpunishing
2: workout. Well, that just like, but the whole thing was that it was interesting because I wanted to do it. Like I was, yeah. I wasn't going in because I had to do it is that I wanted to do it because I wanted to care for myself by I sit, keeping myself accountable to just move for a little bit of time instead of, and I wrote, I tried to like, I try, so because of that discipline, I tried to write out, like, maybe these are my suggested workouts for this week. And in them, I like wrote to go for a run, but then I was like, I don't want to go for a run right now. What can I, what do I want to do? Same, same approach as like eating. And I was like, I want to do like a low impact a full body workout. And so I did that and it felt so much more enjoyable because I wanted to do it.
3: Well, I think part I think part of the reason why I find her workouts so enjoyable is because they don't remind me of all the workouts I've done in my life to lose weight. Like mm. it's body movement that feels like I'm not doing like whereas every other workout in my that I've done has weight loss energy because I've done them with the mindset of trying mm-hmm. to lose weight. So They're sort of like tainted because in the back of my mind, it's always like, "This is like why I'm doing it," Mm -hmm. and that's not like to say I don't like think that those are great workouts and I could like, you know, do them in the future for fun. Um, But it feels like that it felt very like untainted to me because I started doing it at a time where I was not trying to lose weight, and it just and like because it's so light, you don't feel like you're losing weight by doing it. So you're not, you're like, I'm literally just doing this because it's nice.
2: It's nice. And you're do you, again, like you're you're putting in care, you're putting in like quote unquote yeah. work for yourself to feel its benefits. And it's exactly and you're wanting you want to do it. You it, everything is based on like the intention of do you want to do it? Um do yeah. you want to feel like even it's hard in the moment, like I finally understand what that means. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because some of them, are, I was like, I'm dying. This is killing me, and then I'll just like allow myself to rest, and that's fine.
3: Right, like the, cool. what's going to come? the The rest police exactly are they just come cool. and get you.
2: It's cool to experience that something new. Pose was
3: ten seconds too long. Oh, the child's pose feels so good. I know it
2: does. Um. Okay, what's your win?
3: My win. Okay, remember last week when we recorded and we were talking about me being like a pizza monster? Mm-hmm. So the next day when we were moving. I was a pizza monster. It was so great. Um, so at like 10.30, we started moving at like 9. By 10.30, Avi was like, I'm so hungry. Let's order some pizzas. I mean, mm. You can get it for us and the movers. Okay. So like we order two pies and the movers eat nothing. So the only thing I ate throughout the day was slices of pizza. Like I had probably five over the course of the day as all of my food. And the only thing I ate was pizza. And, it was and had it yeah
2: First of all, like- the fact that you're making it a win suggests that it was awesome.
3: It was glorious. (laughs) It was the greatest day. I could do it again a few times.
2: I haven't had pizza in a while. I would love to have that. We're ordering Italian tonight. I'm so excited.
3: Pizza. Yeah, it was, I didn't feel like, even though I'm on the wedding dad, I was like, okay, well, this is my food for the day. So I didn't like (laughs) plan that, but like, as I was going through the day and it was the only thing I was eating, I was like, well, this is what I want. I'm just going to keep eating it.
2: Yeah. Okay. Pizza day. Pizza Monster. Pizza Monster Day. Pizza Monster Day. <laughs> yeah. pizza monster day.
3: Um, Maybe I'll have another funny. one soon.
2: <laughs> okay. Put it on <laughs> your schedule.
3: <laughs> um, Out of office, Pizza Monster Day. <laughs> all right. All right. All right, all right, all right. So, one last thing we will have an episode out on Thursday, a bonus <laughs> listener email since we don't have enough time to do it in this episode and we want to answer your emails. So, if you have a question for us, email us dst at betches.com. Follow us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, at Aileen, at Sammy. You know where to find us. Um, and we're always with you. Through- your- Thank you, R. We're always with you <laughs> through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is hosted by Aileen Cooperman And Sammy Fishbein Our editor is Sean Kilby Our podcast producers are Mike Coscarelli, Sean Kilby, and Carly Rice And artwork is by Brittany Levine Be sure to follow
2: us at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram And email your questions and non-scale wins to DST at Betches.com Betches